You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Man, Oniro Trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome back, boys and girls, to another edition of Gate 7 International, episode 142. And for those of you that are probably watching this on replay, you probably got eight seconds of Stephen and I staring at each other while the intro was not playing. So love it. Anyway, uh, great to be back again, Steve. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Ari. I watched a very... You know, it was a decent game tonight for Libyagos, and then I watched um, watched Arsenal slap West Ham. So my mates, were, my mate Aiden was very pleased because he's a big Arsenal fan. So yeah, good for him. Fethanos always jumping in early. Oh, you guys look like brothers. Fethanos, in case you didn't notice, my friend, I got some new new specs today. You guys, I might be 32, but I'm going on 70 with my vision here. I've got computer glasses and now regular glasses because apparently I'm screwing my my vision up so bad I need both. (laughs) But uh, anyway, let's get right to it. But before we jump into any post-match content, we first have some housekeeping. Guys, I've mentioned before, and I will mention it again. If you haven't done so already, please like and subscribe. Uh, The bigger... The community gets the more stuff we can do and also a shameless plug too for our instagram guys if you don't follow us on instagram yet please go ahead and give us a quick follow we are last i checked 10 away from 2000 on instagram so please 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 if you can give us a follow on insta please do so if you don't already and like i mentioned also in the last couple shows a lot of good stuff coming up everyone a lot of good stuff coming up this coming sunday a returning guest, Peter Filipakos, ex Libyakos player, and now the technical director of Calithea is going to be joining the podcast. He's going to be talking to us about the project and uh, what's going on with that. Calithea has started off, I believe they're still undefeated in uh, Super League 2. Does that sound right, Steve? Yes, I believe so. I vaguely followed Super League 2 for sure. So, yeah, I keep up with Olympiacos B and then I check out everything else. So I'm pretty sure they're still undefeated, but we're going to have him up. So that's going to be really fun on Sunday. Then don't forget, guys, we have the uh, Libyakos New York president. That interview, we'll get that squared away next week as well, along with Socrates Selas from the Academy, not the fan club. So it's uh, it should be a good time. Lex, good to know, man. I didn't know that you were a big on the late shows, but I'm glad that we have a nice little contingent that can join us for the late shows. It's always, 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 always a good time. Uh, and lastly, before we get moving, thank you to our sponsor, Price International. Price International is your one-stop shop for all of your international trans-shipping needs, whether you're shipping olive oil, packages, cars, or relocating completely. Paris International is here to help. Freight forwarding services available to almost any port around the world, whether North America, Europe, Africa, Asia, or Australia. Just contact our friends at 410-675-4696 or send an email to sales at piraeusintl.com. And before we go into the Libyakos post-match, we had the Libyakos B team. They played, they were the early game today. 
8 a.m. Eastern time for those of you guys that are based here in the United States on the Eastern Seaboard. And they drew 1-1 with a goal from Vilis, who's now on three goals in his 440 minutes. Um, Fetanos coming in here. Peter Filipakos is great, but when's the OG Peter coming back? <laughs> guys, Peter's on vacation. He will be back, I think, after next week. So uh, Peter will be back. The gang will be back, guys. The, the holidays have been... Uh, Tough with everybody's schedules, exams for everybody. You know how it is. So, but everyone's going to be back soon. I promise you. No more solo episodes. You have the full gang. We're going to be back before you know it. Uh, now let's go on to the Olympiacos Atrombidos game. So huge, huge moment. Youssef El Arabi with a hat trick and brings it in for over 50 goals in his not even three years yet for Olympiacos or has it no. been three years. I think this is his third season, but it's not. This his... is his third. <laughs> yeah, because 2019, 2020, 2021. Oh, yeah. Lost count. He's just been so good oh. the entire time. It's been like one consistent highlight reel of just, you know, El Arabi. And also, I've just yeah. looked on Transfer Ari. I think with that hat trick, he's actually entered the top 10 all-time Goal scorers for Olympiagos, if I'm not he, mistaken. He has. He already was. He was already. Yeah, he already was. Uh, there were. A, there were. A, he was. I know he was breaking in before. I have to look it up, at least for the coming, uh, for the coming. Because I remember at the end of last season he was like number seven or something like that. He was really close to catching a few people. He's got to be. I mean, there's no way he hasn't caught at least top three at this point. He scored. I mean, it's just absurd. 50, uh, I'm assuming, I'm assuming we're on, I think it's 53 goals he has now. Yes. Because I'm, I think I'm looking on transfer marked and it includes, I think it includes his European goals. This is all competitions. Right. So like it says he's on 65 in all competitions. Yeah, that's that's absurd. And, and, just right. in, and just in Greece, if we include the playoffs, it was, he's had 20 goal seasons. You know, every season he's been here. Yeah. So it's in the league. I think it's fifty. It's either fifty-two or fifty-three. I, yeah. I'll get the final count. I forgot what it was with the three goals today. I think it's fifty-three. Um. Anyway, he's already an uh, all-time goal scorer in Europe. So yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's he's already he's amazing. One arguably the best striker Olympiacos has ever had. I think it, that can be said pretty safely. He's been utterly phenomenal. He's up there in that debate. Congratulations, buddy. It was really, real. it's really well done from you. Fantastic stuff. Um, and But there's some big news, actually. Before we get into the game itself today, there was really big news before the game started. And that was the omission of a certain individual that likes, mm. that likes to dye his hair a different color every week. Some call him the Nigerian Dennis Rodman. We call him Henry Onyakuru. He was not in the roster at all. No. And it led to a lot of people, especially on Greek Twitter, already talking about, oh, this means that he's out. <clears throat> this means he's out. Let's go, you know. What did you make of that, Stephen? Well, I, I mean, he, I can't remember. Did he start against Aris? I don't think he did. He came on, didn't he? He came on yeah. as, a, as, a, as a substitute, didn't do a whole lot, which has kind of been Onyakuru since he had like one amazing first half against Frankfurt um, for right. the most part. He's not really done a whole lot. It 
does speak volumes, I guess. We'll have to see what happens in the like the final league game before the break, and obviously if he gets a chance in the Greek Cup return leg against Levadia Gos. But yeah, it's it's quite a big statement. I mean, maybe it's Martins. You know, Martins has done this to players before. For Junis, I'm pretty sure he's done this to before, kind of to kind of get his attitude in the right place. If they've had a falling out, perhaps that's not. I'm, that's there's nothing official about them having a falling out. That's just me hypothesizing. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll have to see. I mean, it, it, people have said he's already being sold. I think it's a bit soon for the club to sell a five million pound player. And even if we did sell him in January, we're not making that money back unless we're super lucky for someone and someone sees something in him. Um, he's been linked to Turkish. I remember we after the pod last pod we spoke about an article, but it's nothing. It was nothing concrete anyway, because everyone's saying it. But I think alone, if 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 he goes, it's alone, and it might might be the right thing. He's been usurped by Ronnie Lopez, as we saw in this game in the last. So we'll we'll see. It's 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 pretty damning though when you know your marquee signing of the summer is suddenly not in the team. You're. Absolutely right. And, you know, when you make a big investment like that, $5 million on a player, as an uh, administration will say, right, as the whether it's the, the office, the technical director as an owner, you have two you have two choices. Your big investment, your big signing comes in. He doesn't perform at all close to expectations. You have two choices. You can, well, I guess you could say there's maybe three choices. You can either cut your losses, sunk cost, get rid of him, move him on, especially if the wages are high, at least save the wage bill, but you've lost the other money. Mm. Second option is like you said already, maybe a load move. Okay, he didn't settle in. Let's send him somewhere so that maybe he can find footing. He's on a long-term contract, <clears throat> and hopefully he can turn up for us later. Or there's option three, and option three is you persist. You've already invested the money. You've already invested some time. You give him the rest of the season and see what happens. Those are your three options. So for me, at this point, if we can find an offer that's anywhere close to recouping some of the money, if that if I'm Muddy Nike, I'm that's what I'm doing. If I can mm. recoup my money in any way, shape, or form, I do that. If I can't, and it's to the point where I'm losing a lot, I stick with it, maybe loan them out. That's mm. how I look at it. Now, in terms of whether I see this him not being included in the lineup as something telling about whether or not he's going to be part of the team in the winter. I don't see anything yet. I just one time isn't a pattern for me. It's not enough for me to make a conclusion or a reasonable, mm -hmm. logical conclusion. So I will wait and see if it happens again. If it happens again, then that's when I'm like, yes, <clears throat> maybe this is going to be the case, but it's not right now. Just seeing it happen one time is not a big, it's not a big deal to me. I don't think anything really. No, and and I think maybe under a different um, manager who maybe had less authority than Martins has gained over the last few years because he's earned that right to have that authority over which players come and go and which players he wants to persist with and which players are maybe not in his plans. Um, if if Marinakis had his way, uh, Marinakis would get rid of him. Marinakis would have got rid of him the day before the game. You know what Marinakis is like. He's done this with players before. We've seen it with the fellow international of, of Onyekuru, um, Emenike. Emenike went yeah. almost immediately in January when he didn't perform. Um, and a lot of those players that season were just, they were just carted off to somewhere else um, because Marinakis, you know, put his foot down 
Um, I don't think he'll do that now because of because Mar Martins. I could see Martins persist with him. That's the kind of guy he is. Martins, if he really sees something in a player in training or whatnot, he 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 will persist, uh, and that can be sometimes to the detriment. But most most of the time, when we've seen it, I think it has been to the benefit. Mostly, maybe there's a few exceptions like Pepe. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I think they'll come to a compromise, and I, yeah. I know it's only been six months, and he's, and I, I, I want him to work out. I'm pretty sure, I'm sure a lot of people want him to work out us because he does have talent, and he shows flashes of what he's capable of. But he just, he just doesn't deliver. At least with Ronnie Lopez, when there were flashes, and he didn't deliver at first, he then worked and then made himself, not undroppable, but more or less one of the starting players. Um, and so I think. Yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll just have to, like you said, Addy, it's very early to decide. It's one game that he's not been part of the squad, so we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, and uh, a couple comments come uh, coming in. Fethano said the same thing happened to, to Roni. Exactly. Uh, Lex said that's why he played in all the European games, so we can sell at more than five. <laughs> I hope that's the case. Now, the one thing is, and Lex also addressed the Fethano's comment as well, the one difference is Roni wasn't fit when he came in. Yeah. We've seen once he got fit. Oh, we have a player here. Yeah, Henry came in fit. That's that's, that's not the problem. Yeah. The as Gustav brought up, and it's not that the effort's not there. He does make a lot of the runs. The problem is when he gets the ball, sometimes he does stupid stuff with it, or he can't make the simple pass in front of him for the give and go. And some of the times we can't seem to connect. You know, he makes these runs with great speed, but then he slows down for some reason. I don't understand that. He looked like a world. He looked like he could beat anybody on a sprint in a one-on-one -on -one sprint when we watched him out of Turkey. But then here we are, and he's having trouble separating from defenders here. Part of it is that in Greece, the, the, the defenses tend to be more packed. They tend to be a little bit more behind the ball, so it's tougher for him. But in Europe, that's not an excuse. In Europe, he has the space. We play the counter. That's where he should shine, and he hasn't, except for the, the home leg against Frankfurt. Mm. But beyond, beyond Onyekuru, the game, we saw the same lineup as Sunday. Back to yeah. the 4-3-3-1 again. Uh, baby Kamara, or I should say Agibu Kamara, not Baby Kamara. We're going to use his real name now. He's grown uh, up now. He's grown up. <laughs> Agibu Kamara at the 10. Roni and Masuras on the wings with El Arabi at the striker position. Bukalakis defensive mm. pairing with Yanim Vila. And the game today was it was tough in the beginning and not mm. again not that Atromedos really threatened us because you they had no shot they had nothing in the first half and and just one shot on target where Jan and Vila was the one that cleared the ball off the line off the corner they didn't have anything else the rest of the game and they so they really didn't threaten us but our problem once again to start the game was we didn't really have a lot going forward there, it was really difficult breaking in until the penalty where Agibu gets played through. He he beats he pretty much beats a defender and Kiriakos Papadopoulos in typical Gulis Papadopoulos fashion just decides to slide and just completely take him out. Unbelievable! What what did you make of that? I I just I was like I, this is par for the course with him, man. I saw the penalty get given and then I didn't quite see it at first with, from the camera angle who it was and and the moment I saw K Pap I was like ah. Oh. He's, he's done us a massive favor there. Former Olympiagos player, Kiriakos <laughs> Papadopoulos. Of course it's him. Of course. Um, and yeah, it was a stonewall penalty for me. You know, I, he, you could even see Aguibo in the slow-mo kind of about to wind up for the shot. And it was just, 
and the and the contact was made and yeah i i wasn't surprised at all to see Giriakos Papadopoulos be the one who committed the foul and well taken penalty by El Arabi as well um yep. i will say this before the game you know i think i wasn't as worried as i thought i'd be cuz a few weeks before when i saw Dromidos and they'd won a couple games i was like oh okay they're starting to look good guluris the the guy i love because of that one good season at Dromidos like yep. he I thought he was gonna. I thought he'd threaten. I was worried about him, but yeah, n- nothing from him today. Not really. Yeah, the literally, and it was literally nothing. I mean, the the only threatening moment of that game, where at least I kind of started to like hold my breath, was on that corner in the second half when when Vatlik didn't look like he was in position yeah the header goes in and Jan and Vila is the one that cleared it out yes that, that great clearance great that clearance was the only Vila. time uh that was the only time that I really felt any <clears throat> kind of at least any kind of how should I say scare or worry that there's the word yeah yeah for, worry I didn't feel any any worry the rest of the game and that that credit to our defense for that right because it does say something when you allow over 180 minutes one shot on your goal i was going to say and that's all that's it's good and look you know we've always we've all spoken on multiple times about the quality of the greek super league and who our opposition is even at the very top of the of the table you know that there is a there is a gap of quality between us and the other big teams in the in the league but you know you can only beat what you're put in front of and and the way in which we beat teams in a defensive way where we kind of prevent them from creating anything significant is is still a good thing you know it's it's good to have because it, it is good practice to a certain extent for when you eventually have to play the better teams in europe or you know if balk is good for a season or if i have a good attack um you know so it's it's it is still you know testament to the the work that martins does with the, with the defense and the defense themselves you know throughout a game to, to keep that concentration it's still 90 minutes of a football match exactly exactly uh <laughs> we have a comment uh from lex here adi did you see the opta analysis by guess for olibiakos's last three seasons broadcasted today Actually, yes, I did. I didn't see the whole thing. I've, I I kind of went through little bits and pieces here and there. But no, that analysis is incredible, and it speaks volumes. It's actually similar to something I have done in previous episodes, and he just does it, in my opinion, better. Uh, he Gesadis is one of a kind. He's I really value his analysis. He knows what he's doing, and yeah, anybody that hasn't checked that out yet, literally after we record here, I'm going to be finishing up what I didn't look at before mm. check it out Themis Gesadis is literally the man he is fantastic there is no other person that does this type of analysis but basically the point if you look at the analysis and I brought this up with <clears throat> Costa in the last episode and I brought up that if you look at our data like the things that we did in terms of our performance right this season and Lex actually just said it right here we are on 50% this season. Literally, like mm-hmm. if you look at our even last year, which most people agree was a bit of a down year compared to Martins' second year, our production is half of that this year. That's how that's how poor the to- the overall production in terms of our offensive production and you can see that in our open play. Our open play is just non-existent this year. We can't do anything. Anything we do is either off of a counter or a set piece 
that's 100% true. And I think this game, especially in the first half, showed that. It showed much of that in the same way. Now, once the penalty, once we got the first goal off the penalty, we started to open things up a little bit. Um, Akibu Kamara in particular seemed like he had eyes in the back of his head today. He had a couple of great balls. I mean, like I said, he draws the penalty. He has that gorgeous ball to El Arabi for the second goal also. In the beginning, when I'm watching it in the run of play, I thought that was a lucky mistake. I, I thought I thought he like fell and it because the angle just didn't make sense. Like the way his body was angled, and for him to play the ball like that, you know, he's completely facing one side, and basically the way he falls and hits the ball with his foot, the ball's coming across his body like this and to the other direction. So I thought for sure that he fell and that was like a lucky hit. But then when you watch the when you watch the replay closer up, it actually doesn't look as absurdly lucky as I thought and it seemed 100% intentional mm. no I can agree with that and man we got that kid for a steal and he's looks so good yeah. like you know what he does make mistakes and he he is still young and he is still learning but you know what what for every mistake he may make or every decision he may not have like decision choice that he could do where he could pass and shoot and shoot and put or shoot instead of passing he then makes up for it with another great moment yeah. and it's like the, how for how young he is and how much of an engine he's getting because he's starting to work a lot better over a period of games you remember when he came in early he was maybe doing 60s maybe 65 minutes of the game and then he would you could right. tell he was kind of getting tired and now you're starting to see his stamina build up but for me and yeah, yep. he's such a talent, you know. If if he, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes in the summer. I would like him to stay for a bit longer because we've we've lost players a bit too prematurely. I think whether that's you know the offer was too great or you know they really wanted to go or both. So I, I yeah, he he's such a he's such a good talented kid, man. Like he's he's great to watch. I'm really happy for him. Yeah, me no, me too. And and I'm glad to eat my words because in the last episode I talked about how. Most of his production so far, and I will preface this by saying I did also believe that this will be fixed the more he plays, the more he mm -hmm. develops. But as it stands currently, most of his end product in the form of goal over assist either happens off of an interception or it happens off of a set piece. Uh, and by that, I mean his goals, obviously. Mm -hmm. But today, in open play, he was, he was, as Ray Hudson says, magisterial. Some <laughs> lovely balls played through. He had one played into... Masuras, that was lovely, and one played into El Arabi, that was lovely. Uh, just vision, the type of things that we didn't think that he was capable of. It's something that we normally expect somebody like Fortunis to be more capable of. Yeah. And he did that today. Now, this is a player. If you have more consistent performances like this, this is a player I believe could be worth 15 to 20 million. He plays like that more frequently than, yes, I will believe 100% that we will get that we're getting an offer for that. But I have to see more. I want to see him build on those performances. And if not for a hat trick and absurd, great, absurdly great play from Youssef El Arabi, Agibu Kamara would be my man of the match today. Spoiler. But <laughs> El Arabi gets a hat trick and his holdup play was fantastic. This, for people that got upset with me when I complained about El Arabi's holdup play this season, this is what I was talking about. Today, when he gets the ball, one, two-touch distribute, not holding it for 10 years and losing possession, he 
barely held on to the ball, only in cases where he was completely locked down and had no other choice. But when he would get the ball, he would one-two touch, play it out, which eases pressure off of him. And it opens up the defense for him when you do that. If you hold the ball too long, everyone knows, and it slows up play, and then defenders key in on you. They start coming in much more physical, things like that. You have to play quicker to open the field up for you. And that's what he did today. It was fantastic, and he played exactly how you, the Yusef El Arabi of old played. Stephen, what, what do you think about his performance? It was a classic. It was a vintage El Arabi, you know. It's for, fourth hat-trick in it of his time at Olympiagos, second against Adromidos as well. I remember the last time he scored a hat-trick against them as well. Um, uh, yeah, Pilates. I mean... He, he yeah, I mean, it was it was great. Sure, two of them were penalties, but they were well-taken penalties. Like, the second one, he, at, the second penalty, he absolutely smashed it. And I was just yep. like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, but there's always, with everyone who takes a penalty when I'm watching, it's always a bit of, in the back of my head, like, is he going to really score this? Like, there could be, a, like, a tiny... With El Arabi, like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't doubt him ever, because, no. yeah, he was brilliant. And then even the goal that, the, the goal in open play that he scored was fantastic as well. Like, he's... Lovely. He's a predator, man. He's, like... I think this is the, the, I think I've said it before. This is he's the best striker we've had probably since Gostas Mitroglou. Probably that's probably the last player Easily. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, the, I think somebody listed off on Twitter the players that we've had in between Mitroglou and, and yeah, <laughs> hasn't, been, hasn't been good. And, and El Arabi. Yeah, I know. And they've been some of them have been atrocious. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, but he's he'll go down as one of the best of, of the modern era for us, Libiagos. Uh, and and I've I've said it before as well. If he was like in his twenties, he would have been gone by now. But thankfully, he's like 34, 35, and he's still kicking. And no one else wants him apart from you know you'll get a Saudi Arabian team who want him, or a Middle Eastern right. club, or maybe even a Turkish side who might punt, put make a punt on him. But yeah, well, uh, he he's happy in Bira, I'm sure. So yeah, amazing, amazing player. Now, there's a really good question here from Lex. Uh, does this say anything about his contract? Now, remember, he did sign a one-year extension over the summer for 2 million euros for this season. And he's sort of kept up the goal scoring. Uh, the hat trick today puts him at eight goals in mm -hmm. the league. And I think it's 10 goals in all competitions. Uh, so he's just i'll say he's just off pace for what his his statistics have been the last two years but he could if he hits form it's something that he will i think he will hit now this is a really good question because let's assume he can get another make have another 20 goal season in the league he probably scores 25 27 in all competitions right let's assume that happens mm. We know that there's already talks going on for his renewal again for next season. Do you think, based on what we've seen, that they extend him again for $2 million? If they can't find anyone better, I don't see why not. You know? It's difficult because he's he is getting old, but he's not... He, like you said, his production may have dropped a, a bit, but then... Will his production drop that much more the next season, or will it stay consistent around? You know, you know, we probably want to see him score another fifteen or plus goals next season. Right. There are some strikers who we've seen had a huge drop off. Like one one minute they're fantastic and they're doing everything right, the next they're just they're lost and they're a, they're a passenger in play. Um, and the, uh, El Arabi just has that. 
I think he just has that natural, like, he knows how to play the game. He, he can, I think he reads the game quite well, and that's great when you're older, because it doesn't matter if you're maybe physically not as apt as you once were when you were younger. You still, right. like, if you still have the technique, um, you can still do the job that you're, you've been set out to do. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't see why not. If, unless you can find a, a, a ridiculous bargain like we did with El Arabi in the, when we signed him in the first place. And we have Tiquinho, and, and he's still got a good goal average this season. He's been in and out of the team. He's, not, he's a different kind of player to El Arabi. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say no to extending him. Maybe some people wouldn't just because, just because of the age, but I think just for what he gives you. And it, like I said, if we can't find anyone like a definite 100%, 100% replacement, I, I don't see why not. I don't know. What do you think, Adi? So the way I always look at it is, look, first and foremost is if you if you perform as you should or if you perform well, right, that to me is mostly like if you perform well, you deserve that, that next contract. Mm. But at the same time, if I am on the other end of it, I am the club and I'm negotiating. I'm also weighing the probability of whether or not he can repeat that that type of performance. And this season, it kind of looks like a re- almost a return to earth. I still believe form is temporary, class is permanent, and he's a really good player. But based on what we've seen, how his holdup play got worse, you have to question whether or not. Now, again, we'll, let's assume that the he scores the same 20, 25 goals, mm. but we're still going to have that assumption. But let, his holdup play kind of stays the same how it's been. Uh, he's holding it. He's not as good as he was in hold up the rest of the season, but he's still scoring. Then the value proposition changes because now you are basically going to be paying for a, sl- a better version of Hassan, somebody that's more technical, but doesn't have the hold up capability, the hold up capability in possession that we've come to rely on the last two years. Is that worth 2 million a season? And the answer for me is no. I wouldn't pay him, one, because of the age, two, because of that. Now, if his hold-up play improves, like let's say this today's the start of, okay, old El Arabi comes back, finishes the season strong, he's also getting assists, he's scoring, and his hold-up play goes back to normal. Then I'm saying, yeah, you know, we don't find anybody really that can take his place or that's a good striker. Yeah, we got to pay him. We don't have a choice at that point Mm -hmm. because we need somebody to score those goals. That's the context for me at at the very least. Uh, now moving moving on from El Arabi, there was a lot of going going into this game, a lot of gripe about Bukalakis. When people saw him on the starting lineup, people got upset. One because when you see Bukalakis and Yan and Vila play, uh, if you don't see them occupying the same space, you see Yan and Vila playing almost like a third center back. He stays right mm. in front of the defensive line, which leaves Bukalakis pushing forward to help with build up and possession. And a lot of people don't like that because that generally means Yan Vila is our better possessor of the ball. He's our better link up mm-hmm. guy. He is that the engine of our possession. When you see him further back, it's harder for him to be the one helping us generate things going forward. So how did you feel about it today? Because it was, we won three, nothing today and it wasn't super stale at least for half the game. So what do you make of it? I didn't, it wouldn't really bother me. I know why Martins has done it, and it's because Mandy Camara is not going to be there for a few, for a while if he's going to African Cup of Nations. Um, I mean, I've heard maybe mild rumors that that 
AFCON might not even happen depending on what happens with COVID because if it goes out of control then you can't really hold a major competition and I guess that benefits us to a certain extent because of how many African players we have um yeah I I mean he, he didn't do anything wrong I mean that's Bukalakis like sometimes he does have a, have a have a whiff you know he does have a gaff, but like other times he is like a solid seven out of ten he does the job He's like he's like a kind of a region Maniatis almost. Yep. <laughs> For me, like he's literally Maniatis 2.0. Like everyone criticized Maniatis whenever Maniatis was in the squad back in the day. Everyone was like, "Oh, why is he there? Like he doesn't do anything like like you know how he should." Um, yeah, I I I mean you you probably have read into it or seen more than than me, Ari. But I I wasn't upset that he was in the team, and I don't think he did anything amazing or or bad. He was just he was just there and he, he helped with the teams winning the game. That's all I could say, really. I, he didn't stick out to me. Like, you know, Aguil right. stuck out to me. El Arabi scored the exactly. hat trick. Lopez, like we said before, was quiet, but he still did stuff. Yep. Um, Oleg was getting fouled all over the place, but he was still working hard. Bukalakis didn't do anything to kind of make me stick up and be like, oh, wow, he's been great this game. So that's what I can say about him. Yeah, no, you're you're right. I mean, I ha- I have pointed out to people why he's there, and a lot mm. of a lot of people, uh, it doesn't matter whether it's diaspora Twitter or Greek Twitter. Yeah, they they focus on only one aspect of the game, and then that's the aspect when we're on the ball, we have possession. What does he do? The value with Buchalakis is what he does off the ball and on the defensive side of things. He is our best player when it comes to closing passing lanes down. When it comes to pressing, he's very efficient, closing players down. That's why he's there. He, we have a Portuguese manager that values the defensive side of things first. That's why he's on there. So it doesn't surprise me. And I and mm. I agree with you. I didn't think I, – I did the player ratings for this game, and I don't think I, – I gave I think I gave him a six and a half because he didn't, like, have any crazy mm. mistakes. He didn't do anything to me that was like, oh, he, you know, created a lot. Again, nothing stand up, but he didn't hurt our play either. He moved the ball around. He was he was helpful in link up and he did his defensive duties. So that's he did his job, you know, didn't make many mistakes. And that's that's what that was what he's there for. That's his job. His job isn't to be our creator. He's not Mari Camara. That's not why he's, he's not Fortunis either. I think there's that sort exactly. of thing. Like you see Fortunis and the things he can do, and like he creates something out of nothing, and he's the, the number 10. He's like the uh he's like the the talisman of the team when he's fit. And right. Bukalakis just isn't that. And I think that's why. He's so unspectacular, and yet he's so efficient normally in what he does when he does it well. Yep. That he, because of how unnoticed he is, people assume that he's not doing anything. Whereas that's not the case. You know, he's he's in there for a reason. Exactly, and I agree with you one hundred percent. Well, Stephen, we said this was going to be a short episode, so let's mm. go ahead. We get let's close it up with our man of the match and our coach's grade. Give it to me, man of the match, coach's grade. Well, you spoiled my man of the match as well, but it's no surprise. It's it's El, El Arabi, you know, hat trick, matched ball. He, yeah, he did everything to win the game. He scored all three shots on target as well that we had. Exactly. In the game. Very efficient. Yeah, three nil win. Yeah, he was the reason for that. Martins. Um, you know, what? I can't remember who we substituted in or out, you know. I, I mean, the setup was fine. It's the same lineup we played against Aris. Um, he came on. Yeah, Vrusai came on. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Vrusai, Madi, Madi came on, Gary Rodriguez. Yeah, like, yeah. He, he gave some players opportunities to, to start. I, he didn't, I, I guess I give him a 
I guess I give him an A A A minus because it's not. I mean, yeah, A. I guess I give him an A. Yeah. Well, I was about to say like you win three nothing, only one shot on target in 180 minutes. Yeah. At least, even if you're playing ugly, it's the the result matters. Of course. You did well. You did. You smothered them, and that that does mean something to me. So, and you and I have the same. I already kind of talked about mine before. El Arabi was my man of the match. Shout out to Agibu Kamara for having just an yeah, amazing sure. game, uh, playing very well, uh, showing us that he can be a number ten and a, a very good number ten at that. Uh, bright future ahead of him. Sure. And Martins. A, you know, if I had to be rough on him, it would be an A minus. You know what I mean? But I don't think mm-hmm. he did anything tactically incorrect. It worked today. And that's what matters. If you work and you get the result, that's it. Sure. Exactly. Well, a short one. Just have the match coverage. Guys, don't forget to tune in on Sunday. We have Peter Filipakos coming in to talk about his project at Galicia. And if you haven't done so already, please like, subscribe, follow not just on YouTube, but all of our channels, all of our social media channels on Instagram. Like I said, we're so close to 2K. Help us hit that 2K mark. Help us expand on this community. And thank you everybody for listening, especially if you've made it this far. This is Gate 7 International by the fans, for the fans. We'll see you on Sunday. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, he said. Sto mialo kati magiko.